29. So do listen along as I read this, and then we'll spend a wee bit of time reflecting on it together. Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn her seven pillars. She has slaughtered her beasts. She's mixed her wine. She has set up her table. She's sent out her young women to call from the highest places in town. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. To him who lacks sense, she says, come eat of my bread, drink of the wine I've mixed, leave your simple ways and live and walk in the way of insight. Whoever corrects a scoffer gets himself abuse and he who reproves a wicked man incurs injury. Do not reprove a scoffer or he'll hate you. Reprove a wise man and he'll love you. Give instruction to a wise man and he'll be still wiser. Teach a righteous man and he'll increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. For by me your days will be multiplied, and years will be added to your life. If you're wise, you're wise for yourself. If you scoff, you alone will bear it. The woman folly is loud. She's seductive and knows nothing. She sits at the door of her house, takes her seat on the highest places of the town, calling to those who pass by who are going straight on their way. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. And to him who lacks sense, she says, stolen water is sweet and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. But he does not know that the dead are there, that her guests are in the depths of Sheol. This is God's word. Though I'm no expert in poetry, I have come to love a few poems uh, that I've come to read and discover down through the years. And if I was asked what my favorite poem is, the answer is easy. It is a poem by Robert Frost called The Road Not Taken. Here's the first stanza of it. Two, two roads diverged in a yellow wood. And sorry I could not travel both and be one traveler long I stood. And I looked down one as far as I could to where it bent in the undergrowth. Now there the author of the poem, Robert Frost, imagines himself in life standing at a Y junction, a fork in the road, and ahead of him there are two paths stretching out in front of him. He has to make a choice. What path will I go down? This one or that one? And really, that is where we find ourselves standing in Proverbs chapter 9, the chapter that I've just read there. Proverbs 9 in the Bible sets before us, like Robert Frost's poem, two paths that stretch out in front of each of us, two ways of doing life. One way has a big signpost over it called the way of wisdom. That's walking with God, a close relationship with him through Jesus. And the other way has a big signpost above it called the way of folly, which is a kind of fancy word for foolishness. That's the life where you reject God and decide to just go your own way. In chapter 9, at the head of each path, we have someone standing. So at the head of the path of wisdom, there's this person, we could call her Lady Wisdom, and she's saying, everyone, Come this way, walk down my path, go this way. This is the path of flourishing and life for you. And then at the head of the path called Folly, there's another person, we, let's call her Dame Folly. 
And she's standing there saying, no, 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 don't go that way. Walk down my way. Go this way. Make up your own rules through life. Reject God. It's far freer to come down my way. There's sweetness. There's pleasantness. And Proverbs 9 is in our Bibles to convince us, as you both have, these paths stretching out in front of you. You're all young the rest of your life. Are you going to walk down the way of wisdom, walking with God as a Christian? Or are you going to walk down the way of folly, just doing your own thing? Proverbs 9 is here to convince us to walk in the way of wisdom. Walking with the Lord, the place of true human flourishing. The path of wisdom represents life lived with a right relationship with God. The path of folly represents a life lived that pushes God away. And we, as we read this chapter and think about it together, have to make a choice. Which road are we on or which road do we want to be on? Because we can shift from the road of folly to the road of wisdom and we'll think about that in a few moments. The chapter that is before us divides into three paragraphs with six verses in each paragraph. I know most of you probably don't have Bibles in front of you. Maybe you could pull them up on your phone. You might find that helpful to pull up Proverbs 9. But what you get essentially in this chapter is the first paragraph is all about lady wisdom saying, come on my path. The last paragraph is Dame Folly saying, no, 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 come on my path. And then in the middle, sort of like a sandwich, you've got the response. Are you gonna, what way are you gonna go? The way of wisdom or the way of the scoffer? The way that rejects that way. So we're just gonna kind of walk through the passage. And even if you don't have it in front of you, I'll be reading bits of it that'll maybe try to make it really clear. So if you're, you're just tracking with me, this first section is Lady Wisdom on the path of wisdom, trying to convince us, come this way. So in verses one and two of the passage, we're presented with two things that characterize the way of wisdom or two reasons for why we should choose in our lives to go down the way of wisdom. First, walking in God's path of wisdom is the place of stability and security. In verse one, Lady Wisdom, we're told, has built a house. She's dug foundations. She's set up seven pillars. Now that language might sound a bit strange, but seven in the Bible is always a number that represents kind of perfection or fullness, like seven days of the week. Seven represents something that's complete, strong. So when we read of on this path of wisdom, you're, you're coming to a house that's well built, seven pillars, good foundations. You're to know this is a place where you will find something stable and something secure. Now, all of us, I'm sure, battle with things that make us feel insecure. At this stage of life, I remember it well. We can be afraid of what people think about us. We can be very anxious as we worry, will we fit in? Do people think well of me? Do they not? Are people mocking me? What are people saying on social media about me, on all my messaging things that I'm in? Someone once said, your generation should all be wearing t-shirts that say, I am afraid of you. 
We're so racked with fears about what people think about fitting in, it can make us very insecure. And trust me, that doesn't just go away very quickly as you grow up. Insecurity is something that we can wrestle with all through life. Well, here, Lady Wisdom, God speaks through his word, through this whole picture of the path of wisdom, and says, the path of walking with God, the path of wisdom, that's a place of security, a place where you can find rest for your restless soul. So the first reason why we should come on the path of wisdom is a place of stability, a place of security. Second, it is a place of nourishment or satisfaction. In verse 2, we read that this person personified as wisdom, she's prepared a meal, meat, wine. Those are things in the Old Testament that symbolize a rich banquet, a feast. This speaks of a way of life that promises nourishment and satisfaction. There's one thing that I know about every single one of us in this room, no matter from the youngest to the oldest. I don't know many of you at all, but this one thing I do know, every one of us are seeking the same thing. Every single one of us in this room, without exception, we all want to be happy. Blaise Pascal, a French philosopher, once said, Everyone seeks happiness, even the man who hangs himself. We all want to be happy. The question is, where do we look to for our happiness? Or who do we look to for happiness? Do we think we'll find ultimate satisfaction and happiness with a good friendship group, with good results in school, doing well in our sports uh, uh, exploits, what the things we do on the sports field? All of those things are wonderful. All of those things come and go. But the reality is the only way we can truly find satisfaction and nourishment is to live in line with the purpose we were created for, and that is to enjoy God. That's how we will be satisfied, nourished, walking in the way of wisdom, walking in God's ways, in line with his grain for the universe. That is how we flourish. That is how we will find satisfaction. So, every single one of us are looking for security and happiness, satisfaction, rest. And here, Proverbs 9 says, those are the things that are found walking on the path of wisdom, the path in a right relationship with God. And after those two characteristics, uh, that uh, characterize the path of wisdom. Then in verses 3 to 6, we hear Lady Wisdom calling everyone to come on her path. And in this, we actually hear the voice of God calling us to come and walk in His ways. There are three things to notice about this call to come onto the path of wisdom. First, everyone is invited to come onto this path, no one is excluded. Verse 4 of our passage, whoever is simple, let him turn in here. Now, you may think, oh, that's an insult. I'm not simple. But simple in the book of Proverbs just means someone who's early in their understanding about their relationship with God. You don't know, am I going to be a Christian? Am I not? You haven't got it all figured out. Anyone who is simple, who needs help, who needs a relationship with God, you can turn in here and come and find the way of, of wisdom. It's like that lovely invitation from Jesus in Matthew eleven twenty-eight, 28, where he said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, insecure and fearful, I will give you rest. 
I will give you rest. So everyone's invited to come in. Second, we're told all we have to do is turn from our sins, leave our old ways of sinning behind, and strive to walk with God. This is the language of repentance in verses 4 and verses 6 in our passage. We see this. Whoever's simple, let him turn in here. Leave your simple ways. Live, walk in the way of insight. Jesus, his message when he preached was repent. That means, you know, I used to do the, the BB, you know, you're marching, drill, and then you'd be about turn, and you just turn. That's repentance. That's what it is to become a Christian. You're going this way, living for yourself, going your own way, down the way of folly, and you say, actually, no, I'm going to turn from that, and I want to walk in God's ways. That's what we have to do. We have to turn from our, our sins, turn from living our own way, and walk in God's way. Then the third thing we're told, or invited to by Lady Wisdom, is we're told that this is the path of insight. Come and find life here. Jesus in John 10.10 said, I have come that you may have life and life to the full. That's back to this theme of satisfaction, happiness that is found on this path. So after being told that here the path of wisdom is the path of security and the path of satisfaction, we're told anyone can go there. All you have to do is, is turn on to that path, turn to the Lord, turn away from your sin, turn to the Lord, and you will find that that is the path of insight, the path of life, this passage goes on to say. So that's the first paragraph of the passage there to call us to this wonderful way of wisdom. Then the third paragraph, that's what I want to turn to now, it's a big contrast. Instead of listening to Lady Wisdom and the invitation to come onto that path, now we have Dame Folly, and she said, no, 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 come down my path. And once again, there are two things that characterize this life on the way of Fly, who are going straight on their way. Whoever's simple, let him turn in here. She goes on to say, stolen water is sweet, bread eaten in secret is pleasant. Come down my way, the way of, of sin, doing your own thing, stolen water, whatever it is, whether it's stealing or lying or cheating or just throwing off God and his ways, this is the way of sweetness and pleasantness. It's the way of freedom. She makes great promises. This way makes great promises, but it fails to deliver. The way of folly presented in this passage is like the world today without God trying to convince you that you will be happier living life without God than with God. Everything in the world that you see in the advertisements, don't they frustrate the life out of us when we're watching, I don't know what you guys watch, but with the kids, we watch Love Dude Perfect videos, Mark Rober videos, all that stuff, and then all these annoying adverts keep coming up. But all those adverts are there to try and pitch a sale to you. You'll be happier if you buy our product. The world and everything in it is there to say, you can find satisfaction and happiness away from God. But those promises are often all about style and they lack substance. Kind of like the McDonald's adverts that show you an amazing, beautiful, big, thick burger. And it looks amazing. And then you open your wee carton in McDonald's and it's a bit floppy and squished. I remember the first time I took the kids to McDonald's and they'd seen those adverts and were so excited and then they opened it and went, is this it? You know, it promises style, but there's not really substance. That's kind of like the world. 
So lady or dame folly standing there saying, come on in here, my path will give you sweetness and pleasantness, but it's all style, no substance. Second thing that um, we see that characterizes this path, it's a path, this is kind of like the other side of the same coin, it's a path that promises much but delivers little. In verse 17, I've already covered this, but we read, to him who lacks sense, she says, stolen water is sweet, bread eaten in secret is pleasant. But he does not know that the dead are there on this path, that her guests are in the depths of Sheol, which is like an Old Testament word for the place of the dead. So the life of going your own way, sinning, living away from God, we're told it'll be sweet and pleasant. The world today says that life with God is restrictive and life without God is freedom. I want to tell you tonight, don't buy that lie. Life with God is how we flourish most as people. I like to think of it like this. When I'm playing rugby or football or any other sport that I enjoy, there are boundaries. So imagine playing a rugby match or a football match, and there are no boundaries, no rules, no referee, and everyone just does what they want. Are you going to have a flourishing game? No. It's going to fall apart because everyone's going to start arguing and it's going to be a mess. But if you set boundaries and you have rules and you have a referee there to keep order, the game can flourish. That's like life. If you just say, well, I'm just going to make up my own morality, I'm just going to do my own thing, you'll never find satisfaction and happiness. But if you walk with God and you realize he has given boundaries, moral guidelines for how we live, those are the, the rules, that the guidelines that, that are there for our flourishing. That's life. Everything else is a lie. And so the path of Dame Folly seems to promise life. But ultimately, look at what it offers and look at where it ends. Lady Wisdom was saying, I've prepared a beautiful meal of meat and wine, pictures of luxurious feasting in the Old Testament. But what do you have ultimately here on the path of folly? Stolen water is sweet and bread, is eaten, in bread eaten in secret is pleasant. Instead of meat and wine, the feast on the path of wisdom, you've just got bread and water. I know what path I would want to be on. So, let's just recap for a moment, and then I'll finish up with this last paragraph. We've got this path of wisdom set out before us, the way of walking with God. It promises security, satisfaction. It promises a sense of wholeness and nourishment. It's not an easy road. As we'll hear in a moment, Jesus said it's a narrow and a challenging road, but it is the way that leads to life. And then we've got this other road, the way of the world, away from God, the way of folly that promises much but delivers little, that is all style but no substance, that ends up not giving you life, ends up with death, destruction. And then the very middle of the sandwich of this chapter actually asks us then, how will we respond? Hearing God presenting those two paths that stretch out before us all, 
How will each of us respond tonight? Will we say, I want to go on the path of wisdom walking with God, or I just want to go on my own way, which ends in destruction? And the way that those responses are presented in the middle of this chapter is very simple. First, we're called, there's the first response, the response of the scoffer. That's the one who throws all this off, blows it off, and says, what a load of rubbish. I don't need this. A scoffer in the book of Proverbs is one who refuses to listen to God's truth and correction. And verse 12 here in our passage says, if you scoff, you alone will bear it. If you blow off God and you reject his invitation to know his way, you will bear the full consequences of your rejection of God. And we are told in the Bible that that's eternal separation away from God in a place called hell. But we don't have to go there because God is calling us away from that path of destruction onto his path of life. And the other response presented in the middle of this chapter is called the response of wisdom. And it begins, first and foremost, with a right response and a right attitude towards God. In verse 10, we read, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. There is no way onto the path of wisdom that bypasses God. Knowledge and wisdom, we're told, begins with the fear of the Lord. Now, that doesn't mean being really scared of God. The fear of the Lord in Proverbs speaks of having a right reverence towards God, a respect for who he is and what he has done. It is a posture of humility, a posture of submissiveness. It's acknowledging that, God, you're the authority on what the good life is and not me. So, This passage presents with us two ways to live. The way of wisdom, walking with a right posture towards God, humble, living, wanting to walk with him and honor his ways. Or the way of folly, all style, no substance, promises much, delivers little, leads to death. And you know, these two ways that this passage presents to us are actually two ways that are presented to us consistently throughout the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. And we find that those two ways lead us to Jesus, they meet in him, and then coming out from Jesus, we have to make a decision. What path will we go down? You see, in the book of Proverbs, wisdom is often kind of portrayed as a person, like Lady Wisdom or you've got Dame Folly. Those characteristics are personified, but we're told in the New Testament that actually the true personification, the essence of wisdom is all found in one person, and that is in Jesus Christ. In Colossians 2, 3, we read, in him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. He is the ultimate personification of wisdom. We are to walk in him. We are to find the path of wisdom and life in him. And in his greatest sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus issues an invitation and a call that is very like the call we see in Proverbs chapter 9. Here is how Jesus finished his greatest sermon ever. Matthew 7, 24, Jesus said, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. See the hint back to the house that is on the path of wisdom that is secure and stable? The rain fell, Jesus said, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it was founded on the rock. 
you know what Jesus is ultimately referring to? He's saying, your life, if it is built on Jesus, if you've received Jesus, you've trusted in him, you're a Christian, you've asked God to forgive your sins, to wash you from them all, you've turned away from the life of just living for yourself, and you've received Jesus by faith. Jesus said, if that's your life, you're building your life on a rock. And you'll go through hard things in this life. You'll be battered by storms. You'll have ups and downs, challenges at home, challenges with your friends, challenges with your family. But then in the end, you'll also stand before God in the judgment. But in that day, if your life is built on Jesus Christ, there will be no storm of judgment for you. You will be safe in Jesus. Totally safe. But then, here's the contrast. Jesus said, everyone, though, who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house in the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. If you do not have Jesus, if you're not a Christian, where is your security in this life? But more importantly, where is your security in death? Because then when you go to stand before God, you will have no shelter. You will have no place of refuge from the judgment of God. But in Christ, you will be safe. Outside of Christ, you will experience the judgment of God. And great will be the fall and crash in that moment. And so the way of wisdom is here in front of you tonight. Imagine you're all facing me. So let's see. Two ways. Way of wisdom and the way of folly. The way of Jesus who said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. And the way of folly, scoffing, saying, I don't need any of that. Which way are you going to go down? You choose tonight. Which way are you going to go down? The way of wisdom starts by coming to Jesus, turning from our sins, receiving him as Savior and Lord. He died so that we could have a place on the path of life. Don't be the scoffer. Choose the path of wisdom, the path of flourishing. Give your life to him. You could do that tonight. You know that poem that I started with? It has a beautiful ending. I'll remind you of how it started. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood. Sorry I could not travel both and be one traveler long I stood. And I looked down one as far as I could to where it bent in the undergrowth. Well, Frost's poem ends like this. I shall be telling this with a sigh. Somewhere, ages and ages hence. Two roads diverged in a wood. And I, I took the one less traveled by. And that has made all the difference. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this beautiful chapter in the book of Proverbs, inviting us to walk in a path of wisdom with you, with a right honoring of you, a right appreciation of your son, Jesus, a place where we can flourish and find life. We know it's not always an easy path. It can be challenging, but it's a place where we have stability and where we can find rest and security. Lord Jesus, you said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. I pray, Lord, this evening, each of these young people before me, they would look at those two paths that stretch out in front of each of them, and I pray that they would choose 